0: The time is 6.27pm. And welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast.
1: No and yellow till we die. I'm Ian Tiny Morris.
0: And I'm Simon Sandspring. And here we are on a
1: chilly, nearly the end of January already. What the hell's going on? Oh, it's mad, mate. Absolutely mad. Mad. Yeah, 24th, one more week, January done another step closer to the spring and uh yeah what a what a momentous week it's been
0: it has oh yeah of course yeah it has it has yes of course um yes midday on the on the 20th of january um a um a, a nation and perhaps a world collectively breathed a sigh of relief
1: yes yeah and yeah we'll look at it tonight the uh the, the Joe Biden um, taken office as the, is it 46th? I'm going to
0: go indeed, It is indeed. It is indeed 46th.
1: Oh, brilliant. Um, President of the United States of America, and he's been a busy boy in his first uh, first few days, so we'll have a, a little kick about with what he's been up to and reflect on the state of American politics, and then we'll jump to a topic we covered last week, but a, a bit more detail around the May elections. Can they be free and fair? Can they be safe in a COVID-based environment? Mm. And then it's a full year since there was lockdown in Wuhan. I'm sure they were a band, weren't they?
0: In the history of bands, there probably was a band called Wuhan. I'm not even going to waste the time Googling it because there was bands. Uh, there.
1: I'm thinking of the Wu-Tang Clan, I think.
0: Okay well I'm sure that all things being equal there probably is one um but by all means um those of you following us live on Facebook uh please um shout into the in into the into the the comment section um if there is indeed a band with the name Wuhan in it I- I'm sure there's bound to be no googling
1: Oh, and a year on, so what have we learned about lockdowns? So plenty for us to be getting our teeth into this week.
0: Yeah, so nothing and too terribly again. controversial.
1: Well, no, uh, as with everything we do, Simon, we will, I'm sure, find points of warmth and agreement and points of feisty controversy as you prove once again that you are wrong and I am right. Did you say points or pints of warmth
0: and agreement points, and feisty points, controversy? Points. No, only oh, points Oh, okay, point. I was going to say... <laughs> Because I uh, was yeah. going. Um, I mean, I mean, that does sound like an ale that um, that you'd probably drink. So, okay, yes. Yeah, so, shall we? Um, so, how, how's your week been, mate?
1: Busy one. Um, yes, in the world of project management, um, it's one of those things. Well, I say it's my old job. I am just wrapping up all the loose ends this week, and and can then start to focus on my new job, which will. It's more than enough to keep me busy. So, yeah, that's been most of it. I um, haven't been out much because there's nowhere really to go. Um, got uh, the Noble Hound out today for a uh, – we do a walk round Fox's Forest, which is a nice lap, and the dog goes mad. And it was nice today. Just It was the sort of late morning, cold and bright, but everyone we seemed to bump into, you know, was admiring my dog being a complete idiot. Everyone seemed to be laughing. There was lots of social distance, good mornings and hi, And it just, I don't know. They just felt like there was a very nice atmosphere in the world today. I I was deeply embiggened by it. Oh, that's that's because of Biden. Could be, could be could be the biden dividend already how's your week been sir uh
0: to be fair my week has been the usual um chaotic blend of um trying to earn some money um while also doing some of my sideline activities um i, I you know i i, I don't know, if you know. that, that I sounds filthy yeah actually that sounded a bit more dodgy than that, than i meant that to sound no um you know obviously volunteering live dem stuff and um, uh, and some things like that so um all always exciting stuff um and um lovely to do my bit so
1: doesn't work get in the way though since you've been back working full-time don't you find you've got an awful lot less spare time yes yes i
0: i I do (laughs) i do find that i have an awful lot less time to um to volunteer than than i did before but um you know um i don't quite think I, i don't think my my political party's disposed to be able to, you know, paying me a full time wage or, or, you know, paying for my mortgage for me. So uh, I no, think no. that's the what that's the way it's gonna have to be, I'm afraid. Um yep. no no kind of strings of wealthy donors um round our um in our future or our past. Um or, or if there are, they're keeping them secret from me. So um anywho, so that was our Weeks, so should we have a look at what's
1: happened in previous
0: January the 24th? Ah,
1: uh, January the 24th in history. Let's see how one eyed you can make them this week. Uh, Tories do very bad things, person on the right of politics is a dreadful human being. Liberal Democrats kiss a kitten. Come on, let's see what you got.
0: Well, I thought that was too nuanced <laughs> for you. Um, okay, so in 1679, King Charles II disbands the English Parliament.
1: Yeah, that was the old. Story. It wasn't a great parliament at that point, though, was it? No, these prorogations. If you don't like like first past the post, then the the old 17th century parliament is not going to have you. uh, not yeah, but in, in those days the post was where the they democratic <laughs> yeah, but in in those days first
0: past the post was just the post was just the place where they put your head after they'd finished you know decapitating <laughs> you. So, um...
1: yeah, well, so, some might anchor back to those days. Yeah, yeah, some people some... might,
0: but um, let's not invite invite Jacob Rees-Mogg on to ask him. Um, he, he was there. <laughs> He probably was young whippersnapper at the time that he was. Um, okay, so in 1908, Lieutenant General Robert Baden Powell publishes Scouting for Boys, um, which is a um, manual for um, uh, self awareness to... and outdoor skills.
1: Do you know what that was? The that was the that was the the soundtrack to my youth. I was a I I was I was in Cubs at eight, and I went all the way through to Venture Scouts at nineteen. I got my Chief Scouts award. I loved it mate, absolutely loved it wholesome stuff I reckon I did I must have done a couple of hundred nights under canvas proper canvas really? as well not your modern pop-up tent in a domey style one that was like thick military grade canvas with big old wooden what,
0: poles smelled god it was marvellous mildew in the Boer War um, yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all um, of that I don't think I really kind of got the hang of camping to be honest with you um, well, So
1: not in that way anyway <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I kind of teed that one up, it's fine um, okay. A Family show list. In 19- Matron. In, 19- in, 19- um, in, 1960- <laughs> oh, in 1964 the 24th Amendment to the US Constitution goes into effect and states that voting rights cannot be denied due to failure to pay taxes
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Which I, which I guess, is um, handy for Donald Trump. So, um, in nine, in sorry, in 2017, uh, the previous president of the United States—any anyone guess who that is—withdraws um, the U.S. from the Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement, the
1: TPPA. A lot of withdrawing did your old Donald, didn't
0: they? Very. There's a joke pert- I could make. Yeah, but I'm not yeah. going to because um, because of the type of show that we want to, want it to be, yeah. even if at I times thought, it isn't.
1: I thought it's weird, gone slightly healing comedy. I'd offer that one up for you. But, uh, no, <laughs> no
0: it's, I'm, I'm going to pass on that one. The silence is my filter engaging. Okay, so Biden isn't biding his time? No.
1: So no.
0: In his first two days of office, he signed um, 30 executive orders. 14 of which are about COVID, five about immigration, four on the economy, two on equity, uh, another two on the environment, and then the last three are uh, respectively ethics, regulation, and the census. So some mildly controversial and undoing his predecessors and some, oh, excuse me, not not so much. What's your take?
1: Well, let's start with the, 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 the final piece of childish churlishness, isn't it? Which is that I think for the first time in history the outgoing president brackets if he was still alive wasn't there to shake the hand of the incoming president which you kind of look at that and think oh this is just you know and look we know he's he's not a man for whom dignity and presence and social norms have have flowed through his presidency but the very just well, I'm not coming to the party then. I'm not coming to the bug. Bar- I'm i will go somewhere else. It's, it's just my the final party
0: and I'll cry Ugh. if I want to. Cry if I want to No,
1: okay. Yeah. You would cry too if it happened to you. It's all the imposter ballots, mate. It is all the postal ballots. We'll come on to a little bit more of that. Mm. So yeah, Joe Joe gave his his speech. There was a a poem about Americans being fab and Americish and yeah I, uh, what tone did he strike uh, was it a conciliatory tone b flat yeah what What? how did you think his his speech struck a note um
0: to, if i want to start i thought it was i thought it was to me it was it, it was the right note it was the note about well what i what i heard from it and this is always the interesting thing because different people will hear different things actually even from the very same speech being said by the same person from so from the same broadcast so uh, i i i thought it was the right thing to be saying that now is not the time for our nation to be fighting now is the time for our nation to come together for us to put behind our you know our disagreements and to fight and to rediscover what we have in common and and to treat each other into treat each other well and to and for america to regain its its place um, on the international stage as a truly great nation. That's how I yes. heard it. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I, th- there were there were some bits in there which I thought were a little bit pokey, but then was it wrong to be pokey? Was that Garfield's when bear? A faction, when a faction of the other side storms Congress to try and get a democratic vote overturned? I think you've probably got to raise an eyebrow at that, haven't you? And say,
0: well, you, so you've got to navigate. So, uh, what I what occurred to me was that the whole thing about the about the American Civil War is that there are parts of the country where they've where they've misre- you know disremembered all of the bits about you know obviously there were it's a war there were horrific things done on, on both sides, but you know what the war was about, what the you know what the contexts were in in which the battle was fought. So you have this whole kind of um confederate revisionism that occurs but you wonder whether that that kind of occurred because there was a bit of in order to stop us fighting we almost have to kind of turn our backs on the fact that these people were our enemies three weeks ago and now we don't want them to not be and we want that to Mm. stay the case and in some ways that's the only way to get out from solving your differences by bullets and move to the ballot box and in other ways if that leaves you in a situation where you have a different form of history that remembers remembers the past in perhaps not the necessarily accurate way i d- i don't know in i'm just conscious that in histories of what well, when you when you look at you know when you look at the the american civil war i mean if you know if we could look back far enough into ours even look at look at ireland obviously there's still deep deep rooted mistrust but to a degree you've kind of got to move past of I can't keep focusing on the horrible things that were done before because all that does is remind each other why we hated each other and actually what we need to do now is remind each other why why we're actually we have so much more in common than mm. than than what divides us so I think I think it's a I think it's a difficult line to cross I did kind of list out some of the key themes um should I try and reel them off, like mm-hmm. in, in a bit, Billy joel, like I don't I don't know this is I'm, this is not going to be to tune or to or to, or to time at no, all. I don't so, I,
1: I... I mean that's swing for the fences by all means, but I think you're asking a lot of yourself. Okay, so workers' right food support, expanding COVID testing, boosting sharing
0: analysis of COVID data, federally supported vaccination centres, DFE advice on safely reopening schools, calling on Occupational Safety and Health Administration to produce temporary new standards and enforce workers' rights, launching 100-day mask challenge, mandate mask wearing in airports, trains, buses, stops US withdrawal from WHO, rejoin Paris Climate Accords, reverses restrictions on US entry from some. In countries, Hawks' border wall construction require executive, uh, executive um, appointee, sorry, executive branch appointees sign a pledge, barring them from acting in personal interest and uphold independence of the Department of Justice.
1: And aren't there there's some bangers in there, aren't there? There were some pops. The old. Um, should we start with climate and the Paris Climate Agreement? Because I think that one is uh, that one almost feels like that was a that's a no brainer. And, you know, uh, again, good, just good for the world, isn't it? It's, 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 the, uh, it's the right thing. The, the, the
0: truth is the biggest problems that the, that the planet faces in the 21st centuries are no respecters of borders. And climate change is the most clear and present threat to all of us. And although one country can't make a difference on its own, if we all act together, we can make a difference. But if we all wait for everyone else to do something, nothing will happen and we need to do something and America prides itself on being the leader of the free world then lead
1: yeah i think the, the challenge was always against that backdrop of you know the the the, the strangest climate change real in the uh, U.S., which you of course you would shake your head and go, of course it's bloody idiots. You know what are you flat Earthers or what? But there's an element of, you know, if I look back at Trump's presidency before the wheels came off, and and it's interesting because I, you know, I, I I believe very strongly it's COVID that's done for Trump. If you go back to November December, and you looked at the economic indicators and you looked at the uh, you know, the trade war with China that was really popular in the US that was standing up for US manufacturing, whether it was or wasn't is kind of neither here nor yet there, because every economist will have a different view. But the interesting piece, even amongst all that madness, is that, you know, the, a, a lot of the people were still supportive of of. Things like withdrawing from the Paris Climate Agreement, so that you could burn fossil fuels and make things really inefficiently, in the middle part of America.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's the whole kind of Rust Belt, um, and you know, Trump really hasn't done it. You know, despite all of the things that he did about that, they didn't bring back the jobs to the to the Rust Belt that he um, that he claims was going to be um, was going to be happening when he's because at the end of the day, the fundamentals of the of, of free market economics meant that um, you're either a free market economy, or you're not a free market economy, and you can either subsidise jobs in order to make them stay where they are, or you can actually be in a be in a in a free market economy. And the truth is, there was cheaper coal uh, to be got elsewhere on um on the planet, and it's I I just think it's it it's too easy for any politician, regardless of what their flavour or motivation. To, to win on the line of, I'm going to make your life better. Because to be fair, that's probably what actually what most politicians are, are aiming to aiming to try to do. They get into it, hopefully, to improve people's lives. But the difference is, some may genuinely believe that they can make people's lives better. Um, and some may just be saying that because that's the way to gain power. I don't... Mm, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. Whether the former think, still actually makes people's lives better or not is a is another matter entirely. But yeah.
1: Oh, well, like, and I think it, 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 it's interesting if I if I turn to the words of the great Billy Bragg. Oh, Yeah, um, you know there is an element in his in "God Save the Youth of America," you know, which is is the. You know, half of America is dancing in their seats, while the other half are freezing in the streets. There is very much a polarization in the wealth in the American system, um, much, much more than we we have it here. Um For now, and I think that yeah, that there's that, that, there, there is an innate divide between the have and the have-nots. So it's it's another the, area where I think we can we yeah, can give we him can. a well done is on all of the responses to COVID, yes. and I think again challenge to the american system you know if you look at the responses to lockdown not lockdown what's open what's not open that was basically down to individual state governors um and i think if you look at some of the legislation there are things that he's been able to say from a, with a presidential order such as the wearing of masks on in airports and cross state yes. transport but I think that what that tells you is that because of the American political system, you know, you can't, he can't do the, you will wear masks on all public transport as the government have done here.
0: No, because um, because they are a united states, they are a federation of states mm. rather than, um, than a, a loose collection of four nations that are fairly overruled by one nation um in the the case of our union so it's it's, you know it's a very different union and it but it's an interesting kind of mechanism from a if you if you thought about um i mean obviously the differences with stuff that's that's government policy yes obviously a change of government could change it so if that was if that situation was over here and aside from the stuff that is just government policy but the stuff that is law um that would have to go through parliament there's no way you could get 30 pieces of legislation through parliament in 2 days no. no and and whether that's a good or a bad thing i guess depends on whether you feel they need scrutiny or not um and you can answer differently to whether it needs scrutiny compared to whether it's a law about restricting people's freedom with regards to covid or you know other really really important Legislation that's come before Parliament recently that didn't have very um, very long to be scrutinised. So it's so I, I think there's an interesting example of the different uh, the different um, operational mechanisms of the of the two different executives. As it were
1: yes and and i think you know if you if you look at some of the the you know the the, the you run through that list and it's a long list and some of them need a bit of poking about for you to understand whether they are you know what they truly mean obviously the, the wall never quite got built no i think trouble with job that size and trades some round three quotes. Well, sorry, mate, I'm a bit busy. Well, you can, you, oh, can you have, uh, look at it in a couple of months for you. But but,
0: it, uh, but it, it's it's, it's the age old it's it's the age old adage of and even the bits that they built, people were demonstrating that you could climb over it anyway. So it, you know the, you build a fifteen foot wall and I'll show you a sixteen foot ladder. It's um you know at the end of the day, um building a wall to to stop people kind of crossing from uh, to be fair high risk of death and abject poverty into a into a you know into a into a country where even crossing into it illegally they've got a chance of making a you know making a life for themselves as a you know as a as a as a fruit picker so that their kids can go to college and actually have a life that means that they they stand a minuscule chance of being shot in the street than than kind of otherwise or, or whatever you know the risks are in in mexico so it's so it's Unless you deal with the, what's motivating people to do it, you'll never kind of stop it. It's like the it's like the war on drugs, really, in in my mind. You? Well, I'm, you no, i not.
1: think we've ever touched on the war on drugs. Well, well let's, it, let's it, it, kick call... that through. I'm just letting my dog out. That's you okay. euphemism. Call, um, calling it
0: calling it a, you know calling it a war when you're only actually trying to tackle one side of the the you know these are people that are meant to be free marketeers that understand how business works. It's supply and demand. There's someone making supply and making lots of money off of it because there's a demand. So you either need to do something about the demand, and all we're
1: doing is trying to cut the cut the supply. It's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. So, and I guess it's a with that one. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because actually, at a base level, it is much. It, the, the 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 supply is is it's easy to find the motive and quite it's not easy easy but it is easier to attack that than it is to than it is to look at the myriad of of interdependencies and reasons that create the demand yeah
0: you know when when you when you i mean in the sorry i know we're in danger of we've swerved massively off topic but it's easy for you know, for the Daily Mail, for example, to focus on, you know, um, people whose lives are ruined by uh, by drug use, but they don't talk about uh, the drug users that, for example, are ministers in the cabinet or, you know, that have said that they've um, used drugs before. So, you know, not everybody is the is the kind of, the, you know, not unable to control their lives sort of thing. There are functioning alcoholics, there are functioning drug users, uh, and we need a more honest conversation about both of those things. I'm going to try to... St- Grab the steering wheel and, and pull us back. Yeah, no, no. Let's <laughs> let's
1: mark that down for a for, for that's a, a
0: future episode. That's another one. The, the comment room is is silent, so we've either lost them or they've fallen asleep. Um, so, um, yeah. So lots about uh, lots about COVID, um, as you would expect. Um, but the theme basically being. We want to use the data more sensibly and that to be open. We want the scientists to be deciding what happens. We want there to be federally provided vaccination centres. Obviously, they don't have an NHS. They have a, um, a an insurance um, finance well, form they of they healthcare. Have a
1: bit, they actually have a bit of both because they, they have, there's an insurance-based arrangement, but they do also have the CDC, always which is the Centre for Disease Control so there is a it's a complex interplay between the two um but yeah the, the majority of it is a very messy very high cost it's about if you were going to design the most imperfect health system you'd design the american one i think yeah but what would be awful would be that
0: you know bloody socialism having like a national health service that people you know pay with their taxes and don't have to pay at the point of use that's just outright socialism that is
1: yeah, it is. Yeah, it's unaffordable as well. But um, that's that's a whole <laughs> Right. Other okay. There was irony stop. in my
0: voice for anybody that wasn't detecting it. Um yep. So okay. So yeah, lots about that. Couple on the environment with the um, the Paris Climate Acc- Accord and um, basically stopping a pipeline uh, and some stuff about and stuff about immigration. So he's he's done a lot to really set the scene of you know these are the these are two of my hundred first hundred days. Bang! I'm hitting the ground running.
1: Yeah, the immigration ones, and, and, and that's the one where, again, if you look at how will that play, um, and, you know, Trump was very was very skilled at creating an us and them narrative, wasn't he? You know, there, there is a risk to the American dream, the American freedom. You know, it's China undercutting us on trade. It's islamic terrorism there's a there's a great polarization of us and them and obviously joe has put you know the mexicans coming over here stealing our jobs again very you know very separatist agenda now joe's looked to reverse all of those very quickly now i wonder how much that will he hasn't done anything contrary with china but we'll part that for a second i wonder how much that will that will tickle the fear instinct in the republicans who didn't want joe
0: um i don't know um it, it's difficult to kind of predict what the how the what's going to what basically what the republican party will do because at the moment it seems to be clear that what they're doing is disavowing themselves from Trumpism, because they they now see him as a as a toxic brand. Um, what what path do they? Do they navigate in, or, in order to try to rebuild themselves as fiscally conservative, respectable, um, fulfilling, and protecting the American dream, um, defending the Constitution? Party that they, you know, the party of law and order. Does any of this yeah. sound familiar from this side of the pond? Um, which, which seems to be kind of their shtick is, is, is their thing. But at the moment, they can't really claim to be the party of law and order when the last guy that they they saw into office encouraged the, uh, thousands of people to um descend on the Capitol and white wipe feces on the wall of the Capitol building. So um was not a great look, was it? Not if really. If we're being honest. Not not really. Uh, I mean, you know. Um I, I but I hate to think what they thought was going to be the outcome of that of that event. And it's scary <laughs> it's scary to think of what he thought was going to be the outcome of that event. Because well, I that's I, I, where I, know, that's but,
1: where I think you've actually got to separate the two. Mm. Because as I say Pre COVID and if you go back and look at November's opinion polls, you look at all of the information that was out there then, Trump Trump was going to romp home. It wasn't it wasn't even going to be a fair fight. It was going to be a massacre and he was going to win it at a canter.
0: Do you, do you mean November twenty nineteen,
1: sorry? Yeah, so back to November two thousand nineteen. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. So um so, you know, before that before the elections, before COVID broke he was home and hosed and for most people who looked at you know and a lot of these a lot of these things were done prior to covid so you know his we're not going to be part of the paris Accords, we're going to stop people um stop people from mainly muslim countries coming into our country all of that stuff was done but he was still in a massively he was in still massively ahead in the polls and would have walked it so the kind of republicans at that point i guess there's the how much does that offend you as a republican and if the answer is not very much and it keeps us winning we can live with him you then go through the covid debacle and again you know let's remember back and cringe about the oh bleach is very effective that could work on the lungs somebody should look into that Oh my God! And at that point, you started to see him unravel. And you remember some of his press conferences during COVID, where he just lost his mind, and was done the right—you know, put the microphone down and not answer it. You know, you just think he looked like a man unhinged. And I think that this is the problem. I think with the American presidential system once you've got a man that's unhinged, your ability to rein him in is it's virtually nil. Well if you look at that first impeachment trial and you know it's not he said, she said, you've only got to listen to the the telephone conscript with him with the lad in Ukraine and he's basically saying yeah if you can sort out some filth on one of my political opponents i'll see you right swidart so um but that's the
0: that's the difference with i mean to be fair in if you imagine a situation uh, hang on if you imagine here because we have a parliamentary system instead of a yeah. presidential system um is it more or less easy for um for uh, for the leader of the party and the, and therefore the, um, the the leader of the country to be deposed by uh, the people within that party, than it is the people out with of, of that party. So you know, in our example, the only way of getting uh, stopping the leader of a party being the leader if you're not in that party is to force a general election. Yeah. Um, and you can only do that um, you know, via certain mechanisms um through and vote with no confidence in in the House of Commons that you'd have to then win. So you'd need some of the people on that person on that leader's side to agree with you and then you'd have to go on to win an election. The only way to do it within the party, obviously um as an example of the Conservative Party, because they're the they're the group in power at the moment, um then dead easy. It, it would so what what? What? It's dead easy.
1: Well it's F- 19- fifty fifty five of the PLP need to yes. rock up Exactly. To um to the 1922 committee and say, we think this lad's a bumbling fool. Mm. Time to oust him. And again, once again, we've got a proud history of
0: knifing of, your leaders in the back. Knifing um, our leaders in the spine. Yes. Um, um, yeah, and, and the
1: jobs are good. It's Whereas it's, it's, I, I think the trouble in the US is, you know, as the wheels are starting to come off the bus and, you know, it's so much about partisan popularity the character the the person rather than the policy is you know there was so little that the republicans seemed able to do to rein him in they couldn't even get him to put down his bloody twitter account you know which was just you know and this is this is the madness isn't it you know he's going to get 10,000 likes from the ardent arrangements and have the majority of the free world shaking its head and then when, finally, you saw that shambles of a right-wing, you know, and I'm going to use the word ultra-right-wing lunatics, and him calling on them to storm the Congress, you know, to yep. or to take a, a wave, I can't remember what words he yeah, used. Yeah, um,
0: well, the fact that he said that he joined them, but, you know, if that wasn't enough of a clue that he was barking. um, But the, but the interesting thing was, obviously, in the American example, it the the vice president has the power to with the support of the cabinet to enact the 25th amendment so um you you're relying doesn't the tw- you're relying
1: doesn't, doesn't the 25th amendment say something about the person having to be unhinged in some way
0: i forget the wording but it it, it basically means that the the, the it, Sets in play the presumption or the record that the president is no longer ca- uh, capable of performing their role. I don't know that it specifies the nature of the incapacitance. Incapacitance is that even a word? Incapacitance. The nature. Of the- oh god, that, that is just
1: not a word. That's- of not having incapacitance. Well,
0: it is now, all right. So, um, I mean, interestingly, Phil points out in the comments, in, in the comments, um, and um, this was a point that I seem to be taking about a year to get to, is that. Um, Covid, ironically, as you as you're saying, is what's is what's done for Trump. Um, and actually, it, ironically, in that respect, he's done himself over because by not taking Covid seriously, yeah. he's allowed. Because let's let's be honest, Biden isn't exactly, you know, he's he's um, he's not Kennedy. He's not um he's not exactly you know <laughs> he's, he's not a
1: charismatic go getter, is
0: he? No. So um you know of all, of all of those things um he you know if he was the you, you know you stir the Democratic party and he was and if he's what came to the top um he's the top of that he's the top of what you're stirring but from a point of view of exciting to <laughs> get you out of bed if what excited American voters to get them out of bed and to vote was to i've got to do anything to get rid of trump because this, is, this yeah. is absolutely ridiculous um then then in that respect he just became the happy home uh for those votes but it just seemed in a, in a way there's a there's a bit of ironic reflection to the to trump's arrogance and yeah um dismissal of the scientific risks uh of covid
1: and uh, you know you know hundreds of thousands of people in america have died and of all, of the, all of the st- over four hundred thousand. Yeah. so and you know i remember just in it was even in the presidential it was one of the debates where trump said yeah look at biden look at him with his mask on all the time uh yeah <laughs> uh you know oh he's so weak and afraid Mm, no because wearing a mask actually doesn't stop you getting it it stops you passing it on to others so
0: yeah but says the guy that was hospitalized for for getting it um yeah so um yeah i think we've kind of kicked this one around a bit yeah no we, we... we have
1: the only final one is nasty little socialist policy there about collective bargaining for federal workers and a what? And a minimum wage of fifteen dollars. Yeah, that's the, that's the old. That's the thing that the the Republicans feared. Once Joe's in, and writing checks like they know tomorrow. But um, so, yeah, um, time will tell. Workers being able to organise
0: and bargain collectively it's just just makes more sense. It's just it's just more effective and, and efficient. Yeah, I don't power understand. In the union, I don't understand why power anybody. In the hands
1: of the workers.
0: I, okay, yeah. comrade. I don't understand why anybody um i would say in their right mind but obviously you are in a right mind um would um would think that collective bargaining's a, a good thing too much power on either side doesn't serve anybody um and you need you you know businesses need workers workers need unions to effectively represent their represent their rights and any business worth its salts listens to the needs of its workers because that's the way of keeping a skilled and motivated workforce yeah ne yeah.
1: So what was So next what's what's next comrade sansbury <laughs> Um
0: hang on let me just check my little red book Um okay So uh leaf we touched on leaflets and May the 6th May May the May the 6th be with you No That's 2 days earlier it isn't was it like so um, so there was a letter this week from Chloe Smith MP who's the Minister for the Constitution and devolution. Didn't know we had such a thing, but there we go. Um, and in it there is a um, there's a so it's a basically a letter that was sent to political parties. Um, and I'll read the I'll read the paragraph, of the letter that I'm that I'm referring to because it kind of gives us the jumping off point for our for our conversation. Yep. So the and um, we talked last week about how it's not the right thing to be delivering political leaflets at the moment. Um, and we neither of us felt that it was comfortable or right or in spirit of actually what what a lockdown is meant to be. So uh, current uh, national lockdown restrictions in England say quote. You must not leave or be outside your home except where necessary. um, The government's view is that, and I'm quoting this paragraph in her letter, um, is that these restrictions do not support door to door campaigning or leafleting by individual political party activists. It is widely accepted that voters can continue to get campaigning information remotely. In order to reduce transmission of COVID 19 infection, door to door campaigning at this point in time is therefore not considered essential or necessary activity which is, and which to be is fair, what we, what we said last week and
1: I don't think there's any uh, kind of any room for ambiguity with that one and mm-hmm. we touched on it last week yeah. and in Portsmouth all of the political parties I believe I think they're all aligned yes. I know we're not doing anything and I know you said clearly on last week's show that uh, the local Lib Dems have said nope we're not having a bar of it anyway so has Ed Davey changed his position because last Sunday he was on there on the old Andrew Marr show well, this... claiming that it was bol- volunteering and therefore um, well, it was allowable
0: um, to be fair obviously I'll be clear I don't have a, I don't have Ed on speed dial so I don't know I haven't seen him in any more appearances since I mean this letter came out two days ago so I should imagine there'll be oh, some right, sort so of that's... response from political parties over the course of next week uh, with regard to that Um so the I mean the the letter kind of goes on to uh, you know to talk about a professional leafleting um, is is still okay because that's a paid activity and you definitely can't do it from home, but not volunteer leafleting, which is um, so the difference is whether you get paid or not. So that surely the so that you could kind of argue that, uh, and this isn't me disagreeing with the, with uh, to be fair the, the broader brush of the statement. This is me kind of trying to say of when we look at the fundamentals of of what what is being said here and the and the inference of it so it's it's okay to deliver leaflets about pizza which you know let's be honest really aren't an essential thing um but leaflets about an election that's that's happening in three no however months time however many months time four months time yeah um isn't um i just think if i'm really honest personally i'd have thought that actually, the only things being put through people's door now should be mail from, um, as delivered by the Royal yes. Mail, um, and should be um, essential information that's delivered by or on behalf of the local council or the health authority. Um, I'd have thought anything else should be should be stopping. And I, I'd worry that at a time when um, you know, let's be honest, we look at what the Royal Mail they're struggling at the moment with um, volumes of what they're trying, what they're having to deliver, and with their own issues with um, with being able to get their sorting houses working and and the impact of covid on their staff the last thing they need is actually all of the political parties deciding okay let's go raise a load of money and then let's go and pay for loads of delivery through the royal mail
1: yeah and i think to be honest and this is where we've touched on leafleting before isn't it it's that element of I I can't believe that anybody waits to get all three of the major parties leaflets through their door, has a jolly good read of them, and then based on that decides who's going to get their ex in this local election. You know, can't can't believe it. It, It'll either be a mix of national issues or local characters or all of the above. So you know that that is where we're at. So the question then, I guess, is you can't campaign, you can't leaflet, so really and there's always the risk of the the you know the the risks involved in that early may election you know can it be done safely and can we have a proper engaged election i think there's something you pulled up from the local government something thing people. The, <laughs> something thing,
0: thing um i keep thinking luigi that's the lgiu um, which uh, now I forget um, who they are. Which is the la 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 la, He says as his internet connection dies. Um, I'll come up with their name. I'll come up with their name again in a minute. Um, the local government information in, information unit. That's what it is. Local government information unit. Sounds very Doctor Who, to be fair. Um, so um, they did a survey of council officers um and they found that 66% were concerned um about the about the safety of of May elections um and 68% of them said that they felt that it should actually be put back till the autumn so um yeah if if I'm really honest I think that and I can understand why why, um, why the government aren't leaping to want to delay the May elections because obviously they've already been delayed a, li- a year as we said last week and indeed as um, people that we've had yep. guests on the show before there are plenty of people that were wanting to stand down last year and have now actually been kept in post for another year and, and for political expediency because they won't want to change the numbers of their that their party has has in whatever administrative representation they have if they just stepped down, because by-elections are um, banned, if I remember correctly, under the coronavirus legislation, basically that seat wouldn't yep. be filled until the next time there is actually a normal election. So in that in that case, that could be that some councillors um, from different parties could, could stand down. If that was members in one party rather than another, that could kind of change the balance of power, if you like, um, in... Um, in in certain and indeed that something similar happened in Bournemouth, Christchurch, and Paul, didn't it? Where one of the councillors sadly passed away, um, and then because uh, because the uh, the coalition of Liberal Democrats, Greens, um, I think Labour, and others that were basically the non-Tories in Bournemouth, Christchurch, and Paul, they formed. They'd formed a um, a coalition to run a run an administration, and because they uh, sadly um, one of the councillors had had passed away, um, the the Tory administration there raised a the motion of no confidence and had that administration thrown out because they were then then able to win it. Um, so it
1: it gets a bit a bit kind of messy. That's not quite in the. That's not quite in the spirit of the game, is it? Not
0: not really. Um, I you naughty. could use, you could use you could use kind of a, a different words, but it's um, but in the sense of. The, you know, the, these are there are human elements to a decision, either to, uh, to, either to postpone again, or or to not do. Whether whether it would be possible, for example, for to, you know to use Portsmouth as an example, whether if they were can whether they were existing councillors on. The two, the two larger parties, whether, for example, they could do a straight swap of, say, okay, we'll let one stand down if you let one stand down kind of thing. Whether yeah, that, it's all whether that's, pair, pairing off based whether, arrangement. Whether, whether that. that's kind of like a, a, a possibility. I, I don't know whether that's even legal. Um, so I don't, you know, there's, there's kind of that that to it. But from a point of view of... Yes, a large number of people probably make their mind up beforehand or make their mind up in other ways. But to be realised, there will be lots of people screaming in the background that I can't hear. If you can hear screaming, it's the cat trying to get in the door um, that will will tell me that leafleting works. And it really works. And we've got data on that. Personally, I'd rather not kill thousands of trees just to shove stuff through the door that I I think only 2% of people read. But... I'm constantly shown data that tells me that, that it works, I'd rather there were better ways of engaging, um, informing and listening to um, the public than, um, than shedding so loads of stuff through their door with with what I presume is a really kind of low success rate, so personally it's not my preferred medium, but if if it's not safe to deliver leaflets, how is it safe to go out on polling day, how is it safe to process postal ballots? What happens if you don't have a postal ballot and you are you get a ping from the the COVID app to say that you've got yeah. to self isolate, or God forbid you've got COVID actually um, during the election, so it's in your isolation period, so you can't go to the polling station? What happens then? Do you do you try to get? I don't know if you can get an emergency proxy ballot at that at that kind of short notice? Um, all Definitely of those sorts not. of things kick into play, and our our mechanisms kind of set up to that, and it just seems to me this is a look. It's not the easy solution for anybody to delay the delay the elections again, but to me it seems like the, the sensible thing to do to kick them back until the autumn.
1: Yes. With a comma and a but. Okay. And I I'll tell you what I think's behind it. And I because I, I I mused on this when we picked on this as a topic and I know we kicked it about last week. Mm-hmm. The government at the moment is trying to walk a fine line about when will normality resume yes and so i think where they're at at the moment is that if they were to signal that the may elections wouldn't couldn't be undertaken safely they're making a very clear signal that they don't believe by may the world will be quote unquote back to some kind of normality And if you look at it, and I had an interesting discussion with a colleague online today who, you know, pretty sensible, has been very reasonable through this, is now starting to get very frothy about, you know, well, the government's scaremongering, they're on there, they're exaggerating how deadly this new strain is. And, And I think there is an element of just an unwillingness on behalf of government to accept that actually by early may we're not going to be in a position where 60 70 100 people are sat in the guild hall counting ballots i think we both know that but i think the i think the willingness to share that reality with the great british public is what's holding them back
0: I, see i i think there are measures you could put in place that would make the day and the count safe. The count yep. would take longer, or you'd need to separate. You know, for example, you could separate each ward into a different room, and therefore you are physically separating. Uh, but you'd need rooms that were large enough then for each candidate and their agent, and obviously the uh, the the counters, the clerks, yep. um, uh, etc. From the council to be present um, in order to be able to do that. So there's this whole logistical kind of stuff. Stuff going on. I can't see us doing it in the in out in the Guildhall Square just to kind of you know do it out in the open rather than in, in an enclosed space. Um, so there are things you could do to mitigate those sorts of risks. We talked we talked last week about mm. you know effectively you could just wipe down the polling booth every every time someone votes. Right. You could do all of those sorts of things. You know the the people that usually staff um, the polling stations mm. are usually the age groups that actually are most adversely affected. But hopefully by then yep. they'll have all had their second jab. So um, they'll be okay, but they might end up spreading it to everybody that they, they could potentially end up spreading it to yeah. everybody that comes in. So you could, to, be, to, to me, the issue is, is and, and I think maybe you, you might be onto something there, I think actually the day and the aftermath isn't the issue. I think you can mitigate and manage those. The issue that seems to be being ducked from a decision and i think it is tied up with this we if we say that we can't go ahead we're admitting that things won't be back to normal enough and there's nothing more dem- more normal in a democratic society than the democratic process itself than than voting um it's the stuff that happens beforehand that is the issue yep. and if you don't make that dis- so say for example if instead of if, if if you know what what happens if we're in a situation where the period in which we come out of lockdown, so at which leafleting or doorstep campaigning resumes, becomes a shorter and shorter gap. That means there will be a greater concentration of people trying to go round a certain number of homes yep. in a small amount of time, which to me just is a recipe for social community transmission.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, again, another, another factor in play is the potential that says okay so we delay it till September which i think is the one that the local government folks said you know there's been that that's where it's looking like it might land but well, what happens if september is exactly the same as may in terms of that risk profile you know okay it's been less you know okay the summer months you know we know they're better we know they're You know, people outdoors more, again, you know, not so high risk profile. But then as we start to get back into September, and and I think that's, if I had to put a shilling on the table, I think they'll hold on to the May elections. I think they will happen in May, or it'll be a last minute, kick it all into touch, and everybody will be throwing their collective pens and clipboards on the table. And swearing. So I think it's the same with schools. Yeah. If you, again, if you were listening to Andrew Marr this morning, you know, are the schools going to reopen after the February half term? And the answer was, I'd really like them to be open after the February half term. And we've agreed that we'll give the schools two weeks notice of reopening. You know, if you were going to have a £5 note on the bet, we both would probably wager the fact... Schools go back after Easter. So, yeah, uh, if I'm honest, I, I kind of only half
0: listened to Matt Hancock on 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 Mar this morning, and 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 my conclusion was, well, ironically, I just thought, look, surely we attacked the government for um, for making promises it couldn't keep. Right, the whole thing about Christmas, yep. the whole thing about it will be over by Christmas, or the th- you know, I'm the- yeah, these are the scientists that want to cancel Christmas. Blah 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 blah, blah, blah. We are fighting against them, um, all of this sort of stuff. When actually, here we have uh, Matt Hancock. For as much as I l- I like to criticize the guy, um, effectively saying, look, we've agreed that we're going to give them two weeks' notice, but we don't know at this point, so I'm not going to make a promise. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. what, which is to be fair, what I heard him, you know, the un, you know, the, you know, the reading between the lines of of what he'd said, and and to be fair, that's the honest truth, and if we don't know that about what's happening in three weeks' time, how can we, how can we honestly say about what, you, you know, you're right about what situation we should be in, but just like with schools, what we should be doing is acting for the worst to, you know, to happen for the worst scenario, but planning. You know, planning for for other eventualities. So yes, by all means, put them back. But let's start planning now on what we'd need to put in place if we need to have in October or September or whenever it would be a hundred percent remote election. What would that need to be? Because you know, we'd need to change legislation yeah. to do it. The councils would need time to to spin up the resources that they need to do to to process postal ballots. Royal Mail would need extra assistance to make sure that they're posted. We might need to change uh notification periods and the sign-up periods for for postal balance all, all of those sorts of things that that would need uh, that would need to be changed that we need to be dealt with could be done but if you start that now if you yeah. leave that until the deadline for making the decision is the 29th of march
1: if you leave it till then and you've kicked away another two months so and i tell you why i think that that's gonna if and uh, let, let's let's be a little bit celebratory you know, the speed of the vaccine rollout is phenomenal. Um, and, you know, it, it is that element where if we can keep the virus transmission rate heading in a downward curve, and it's just started started to come down, but, you know, from massively high levels, if you can do that, because let's face it, the end of March is what, you know, it's it's eight weeks away. If you can have eight weeks of, the vaccine arriving in the sort of volumes it's been promised and the rate lowering, we could be in a position. And and this is the thing where we know the virus isn't going away, but if we're in the position, let's say by that sort of mid towards the end of March deadline, where all the at-risk people have been immunized and the transmission rate is low, then it may potentially go at.
0: Yeah, it, it, it could. Um, I've got the gist of that. Sorry, the, the connection kind of went um, a little bit there. So, sorry if I'm...
1: Not too much fussing about. Oh,
0: yeah. Sorry. Problems with the connection. So... Yeah, it, it could be, but the problem here is the lead time. the The problem here is that um, that you need a good few weeks to tell the difference between you know, the between the effect of what you're doing and you seeing that affect trans um, transmission rates and in, and infection rates and the you know the R rate. But also, elections have a long lead-in time because there are lots of legal processes that need to take place um, in order to do that. Um, each each candidate has to have oh i've lost ian from the from the call um so each candidate has to um find uh, 10 people to nominate them so to agree that they're a fit and proper person to stand for election um and that requires at the moment under current the current l- legal setup that requires you to go and see those people and get their signatures Um, campaigning and canvassing requires you to interact with people if you're doing that physically leafleting requires obviously someone to go out and and leaflet that doorstep so um, it's a it's a difficult one but that's why I think the safe thing to do is to put them off and plan plan that if the you know the worst happens that you aren't able to have an in-person election for whenever you delay it I'm trying to pad this as much as I can, but it seems <laughs> I've lost Ian. Um, can the um, oh, hang on, I think he might be back. He's just lost video. I'm back. Hello. I'm back. Hello, you're you're back, but we don't have your video for ex- for us st- no, at
1: the moment. No, I'm I'm through. My my home Wi-Fi has crashed through the floor. Um, So, yes, beautifully padded there, Simon. I'm sure there were words of of great wisdom. I'd I'd just gone into a beautiful soliloquy about how if by the end of March all the vulnerable are vaccinated and the rate is nice and low, then maybe May could go ahead without too much fettling.
0: Yeah, and it it could be, um, and that's the situation, but but it also could not be and we might be in a situation where we've passed the legal point at which we can stop the election, but we ha- but it's no longer safe to do so. That's a yeah. danger. Um, but this is why you hope for the best, plan for the worst, have contingency plans. And the schools example is is a, is another example of that. And I think we've we've said this before. You say that okay, this is this is the you know this is how we this is how we would normally do it. These are the measures we've got in place to mitigate the infection risk but this is what we will do if we if we're down to this level of restrictions and this is what we'll do if we're down to a, a further level of restrictions to me any any organisation kind of worth its salt and especially bearing in mind we've been in a pandemic situation for a year now should be operating that way and maybe they are it's just obviously they're not they're not able to share those plans with us but for the way that the u-turns happen and for, for the nature of the amount of unplanned stuff it, it they don't give the impression that that is what they're doing um, and I and I really it, hope not. I really hope there is a plan.
1: Yeah, I I think the the danger is we all want the, the, the challenge, isn't it? And it's interesting you touched on that this morning. We all want certainty, don't we? We all want to know when we is this going to be over? When, when can I? When can I go back to living my life the way I want to, rather than being driven by COVID? Mm. And I think the answer to that is is uh, fully not for a while, in some way that will be palatable because it's better than what we've got now I'm I'm still I'm still hopeful I'm still hopeful I'm going to get to play cricket at least once this year well and that's my measure of success I, I,
0: I hope you will I'm I'm still hoping that I'll you know I'll be able to hug my daughter at some point this year um, so it's um, it's just I think yeah I think to be fair that's that's the difficulty between trying to say what you think is the nice thing to say and I use populist with the small p um, thing to say when actually, really, the truth is we don't know these things are not certain. We have a plan of what we're going to do if it's this. We have a plan if what, and actually, th- for that to be believable and demonstrably true, But as much as many things change, the only thing we can be certain of is the uncertainty, and and maybe we we need to we need to face up to that and stop expecting our politicians to be. Um, And our government, I'm actually giving a caveat for the government here. Hang on, write this down. Um, We should stop expecting them to have a crystal ball. I I, I want them to plan for contingency, but I do do accept that there is going to be stuff that's going to be a curveball that's going to come out of the blue.
1: And at that point, I think you should have ended that with, look after yourself, and each other, because I thought that was Springer-esque. You, you thought that. that was very Jerry. So, <laughs> so, so on that bombshell, you've been listening to we've the, skipped the last subject. Podcast.
0: <laughs> and I, I'm blue and yellow till we die. I've been Ian Tiny Morris. For most of the time. The other time you were just a person silent in the background. And I've been Simon Sanspring.
1: Thanks for listening. And occasionally, Jerry Springer. <laughs> occasionally,
0: thanks for listening to the podcast this week. Uh, please don't uh, don't forget uh, sign up for our notifications by following us, uh, Pompey Politics podcast on Facebook. That way, you'll get a notification whenever we go live. Uh, you can also catch the podcast through your preferred purveyor of podcasts, um, and where you can uh, catch us each each week when we upload our live stream. We're always live six twenty seven on a Sunday, except when we're not, and that's usually because someone's broken the technology. Yeah. See and you next week. You then.
1: Hey, was that my fault? Oh, to be fair, it was my internet that fell over this week. Outrage. Have a great week, folks.